This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see home fans booing you. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! England on the break! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, it hasn't! No! Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin. Will he score? I don't even remember what episode this is of our World Cup specials, but we're here anyway. I'm Chris Skoll. Joining me as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And great to see you, Tino Espria. It's Michael Marden. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, thank you, JJ Dunning, for sending those in. Going good. Yep. We're in our first kind of, this is the first no game day we're recording this on. Uh, today's is a weird day, isn't it? Like no World Cup on. So this is recorded on the first rest day. Yeah. Rest days are an interesting concept in a World Cup. We got an email, I won't, I, I can't find who it was from, but suggested that the way to stop our rest days was to form a kind of secondary tournament of teams that have been knocked out. But I would argue that there's no worse game of a third, fourth place player, let alone the eighth, ninth place playoff. Yeah. Do you know, know what I mean? I've got an issue even with the third place. Did you watch the third, fourth place playoff when England were in it? No. Yeah, I did, actually. But it was on in the background. It was so on the background. I don't remember this. You know, I wasn't really we lost watching to Belgium, it. didn't we? Did you watch it, Michael? Uh, I was trying to remember if I did or not, and I, I can't remember if I even watched it or not, which I think is worse than saying yes or no. Like yeah. I, just, I, I have no memory of it existing. I'd struggle to tell you the score. I'm aware of the one from 1990, but mainly because of the uh, stories about Peter Shilton insisting he played. I, I think the, the third, fourth place playoff is only kind of celebratory if both teams feel they 
did as well as they could and then it feels like a kind of lap of honour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I imagine South Korea enjoyed it in 2002, for instance. I think it's a complete waste of time. I don't think anybody wants yeah. it to happen. I also think that an extra What's time... Point? That an extra time should just be gone from a World Cup. Go straight to penalties. I, I, oh, let I me love an extra jump time. In here. Yeah, I, I, this new thing where people are really complaining about extra time I completely disagree with I don't understand why people are going viciously Alan Shearer was moaning about it the other day saying nothing good ever happens in half time David Platt in the last minute of extra time some of the great Gaza's miss is extra time Euro 96 also it's free football it's extra World Cup football I, I just think the greater good of the 90 minutes being better by eliminating that because nobody wants penalties or certainly the good teams don't want penalties I think it would just make the actual match itself superior. Do you know what extra times the worst ever extra time was? 1966. (laughs) (laughs) What would that have gone to? Here's a question. What would have happened in 1966? Oh, my God. Have you noticed, I'd say the difference between us and, for instance, Guardian Football Weekly is our general role is posing the questions as to things we don't know. Whereas theirs is talking at length about things they do know. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's how you differentiate. No one on the Guardian Football Weekly would ever say, what would have happened if it ended 2-2 in 1966? And then everyone goes, I don't know. I just don't know. What would have happened? What do you reckon? Replay? What, what were they doing? Would it have gone to a replay? Yeah, maybe. What, is like there a... any other example? Well, hang on, let me have a look at the tournament itself. There must have been drawn games that were drawn after extra time, no? Uh, where are the knockout phases? How did they decide? Oh my there God. weren't a lot of teams back then. So. Yeah, probably went straight to quarterfinals. Everything's kind of decided in 90 minutes through the tournament. That's suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> Except the final, which goes to extra time. Maybe that's why they gave the goal, because they knew come full time, they wouldn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, every single knockout <laughs> game was a straight result. And then I'm just looking now at the 62 World Cup, and everything is decided in that World Cup within 90 <laughs> minutes as well. <laughs> what about the 1970 World I'm Cup? I'm going back to 58, because I'm, 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 go I'm slightly worried that if I go forward, we're going to see penalties emerge. No, they didn't have penalties in 1970. This is unbelievable. In 1958, every match is decided in 90 minutes. There no draws in the past. What is going on? Have we unearthed a massive conspiracy? I'm back there's to a conspiracy. There was no draws before the mid 70s, so there's no draws in 1970. Michael, fill time here because this is we're going to get. I feel like we're Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've scrolled ahead to 74 just to uh, yeah. divide the workload. And but while he does that, I'm in 54 World Cup. Of all the knockout matches, only one goes... Everything is decided in 90 minutes except for one match, which okay. is Hungary 4, Uruguay 2, in extra time. Yeah, but that's in extra time, so that's fine. Yeah, so there's uh, one, hold on, that's hold fine, on, hold on, it? here we go. The, uh, so I'm in the 74 World Cup. The third place playoff was the first match in FIFA World Cup history in which a penalty shootout could potentially be held. Well, that was 74. Yeah, so what would have happened <sighs> prior Are they just trialling it for the third place playoff then? Uh, so apparently if the teams remain tied in the final after extra time a replay would be held so it would have been a replay uh, prior to that uh, oh no that is so boring all previous World Cup tournaments the drawing of yeah. lots had been foreseen in this situation to split the teams basically 
Wow. I mean, I'm reading this on the fly from Should've a Wikipedia page. A coin. Yeah. Well, I feel like, really, we're in this position right now where we're the first people that have discussed this since 1966, <laughs> that it should have gone to the toss of a coin. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so, well, have you got I'll, a coin just, on your skull? I've just gone exactly, I've just found the exact... In, actually, it's written in the 1966 FIFA World Cup Wikipedia page. That it yeah. would have... Every game bar the final uh, would have been drawn by lots after extra time. And what would the final have been? But the final would have been a replay after oh. extra time. And then if it was still tied in the replay after extra time, then it's getting drawn, you're drawing lots. Okay, well, do you feel those teams were perfectly matched? Yeah. To play out the sliding doors moment, had the goal not been given, should we toss a coin now to yeah. see who should have won the 1966 World Cup? Bobby Moore is going heads all yeah. day long. Could we have some kind of, yeah... Bobby Moore's going for heads for Queen and Country. Has anyone got a fucking... 2022, have... there isn't even a coin, let alone the toss of a fucking coin. I've, I've got a coin. I've just You've got, got a, a coin. coin. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to be Bobby Moore then, Skull? Yeah. Heads. Okay. He'd go heads because the Queen's on it. And he's yeah. a man well, of his country. Is, I don't know if this is going to inform your opinion, but it is a uh, 50 cent euro coin, so the Queen is not on it. Yeah. It'll still go uh, heads. Okay, you going heads? Quite nervous. Can we have some kind of... um? Like some appropriate music under this. Here we go. Is this uh, best of one? Best of three? Yeah, best, of one. best of one. Best, best, best of, one. of one. Okay. <laughs> England have lost the World Cup. Oh, no! No! <laughs> West Germany are the champions. It. Oh, no! Do you know what, though? That's so disappointing. Why didn't they not just go, you will share it? Do you know what I mean? Rather than you're, already, you're, already, you're already picking over the issues <laughs> straight away. So, I blame Alf Ramsey. I don't think he was attacking enough. Can you imagine it? The, the oh. footage of that, like England win the World Cup on a coin toss. People would say it's not a real World Cup win, wouldn't they? And I think yeah. I would feel like that. Yes, I think I think you could have half a star on your shirt instead of a full one. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to revisit all of England's penalty shootout defeats in major tournaments via the toss of a coin? <laughs> I think we can save that for our uh, next week when England are out and we've got to really fill time in our podcast. Yeah, look, look forward to the coin toss World Cup. Yeah, shall we? Um, shall we? <laughs> that would be an absolutely great day. The coin toss World Cup. Uh, shall we uh, have some correspondence? I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. I've got one here. It's about Lee Dixon's beef. Uh, you might remember uh, you raised that Lee Dixon might have had beef with Matterface, was it? Yeah, and do you know what? Some friends of ours have been saying, like, yeah, no, they've got beef. Have they got beef? Yeah, I well, don't know. I think well, it's watch not. this clip. This is Lee Dixon during the Euro 2012... And what happens is Lee Dixon speaking, uh, and then Alan Shearer cuts across him, but they stay on the wide shot of the three people. And so, Chris, if you could just commentate on this as you watch it, that would be okay. ideal. And we will, as we say, put it on our Instagram. Well, I, th- I think all possession was better today, but they, they, they gave a lot of... Okay, Lee Dixon's talking, obviously. Quite tightly sat with Alan Shearer next to him. I think overall, you, you have to look at their positioning on the pitch and say, Gerard rules that. I think John Terry at the back pushing up and Gerard 
they're the key to how England play. And, and when you and obviously up front you've got Rooney, but I think that's that's the key. Their tempo is set. I still, I still think at times this this the, without doubt they're still improving. Oh, oh, oh! So Alan Shearer cuts over the top of him, and uh, Lee Dixon just gives a bit away emotionally. There, you just see a little. Uh, a moment of rage. And Lee Dixon turns to Gary Lineker and gives a kind of look like, come on, mate. Like a kind of, how's that not a free kick? <laughs> he gives a look to Gary Lineker, presuming he's been caught, not on camera, that says, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I was just making a point. To be fair to Shearer, Dixon was fumbling around there. He, he was fucking. I think Shiro was trying to do him a favour, chucking him a life boy. It's like, all right, he's losing the thread here. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. I, I felt Lee Dixon's point even 10 years on, Lee Dixon's point that England's spine is Tarard, Jerry, and maybe Rooney, is not analysis. And I say that as a huge fan of Lee Dixon. Yeah, he's not interrupted the I have a dream speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, just, you just said Terard, which I presume is Did John I? Terry and Stephen Gerrard merged into <laughs> that's one what, That's being. what I called them, England's spine, Terard. <laughs> like, like Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah. um, it is interesting because you don't imagine... That there is beef going on. Of Obviously, there is. Beef. And I bet they're watching each other and commenting on their performance. And, you know, I bet oh, I bet it's quite the snake pit. Also, how young does Alan Shearer look in that clip? Like, you don't realise how much he's aged. I suppose it's 10 years ago. Well, both Dixon and Shearer must have been pretty close. Pretty new at that point, mustn't yeah. they? Do you know who I thought is definitely going to be a pundit? Jordan who? Henderson. I would, I would lay my life on that. He's so ITV pundit material. Euro 2024, he'll be there in the studio. He'll be on the bloody pitch, mate. Um, I think my favourite pundit I saw last night, I thought, I think Nigel de Jong is excellent. Do you, do you know what Nigel de Jong gives off the aura that he's really annoyed to be there? Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not in, he doesn't feel like he's impressed at all to be a pundit. He's so... But he's Low very energy, natural. But quite good. But very yeah. natural, yeah. There's, just there's, pure he's, he's in not any way overawed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I get, I get the feeling Nigel Young doesn't even realise he's on TV sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, very calm in presence. Yeah. 
There we go. I think we did so much chat at the top. We should just do that one email because basically, well, well, can I've got an email? Oh yeah, go on. You've let go me on. loose on the inbox. Yeah, and I think I've got you. a good one. Okay, go on, hit me. Uh, this is from Nathan Lord. He says it's not a World Cup related email, but it does involve famous fathers and footballers' sons, and one team has taken the Regen project to a whole new level. A club Keep side. Talking. Do you know who I'm about to talk about? No. Stoke City yeah. have on their books right now. Oh, well, let me Liam, guess. They've got they've got Delap's son, haven't they? Liam Delap, son of yeah. son, son of famous ball lover Rory Delap, Tyrese Campbell, son of Kevin Campbell, nice. Dimaggio Wright Phillips, the son of Sean Wright Phillips, and therefore wow. the grandson of Ian Wright, and and the, just, and the nephew of Bradley Wright Phillips, and they've just recently let go Tom Ince, who was the oh, son yeah, of course, of course yeah. into legend Paul Ince. He's they, they sold Tom Ince to uh, Redden, which yeah. also another interesting point about this. All of those players I just mentioned, the sons of all those players, all forwards, which adds even more oh, fuel. Here so we Josh's go. nepotism makes you a striker fire. Yeah. Uh, this is... And then there is still more. Stoke yeah. currently have Phil Jagielka playing for them, who yeah. has played against every single one of their current players' dads, oh, where yes, they're footballers. Please. And even played at the same time, although briefly, as one of their grandfathers. What, Ian Wright? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Surely there is no team taking nepotemism as seriously as this. I would say no other player in the world can say he has played at the same time as one of his teammates' grandparents. P.S. It's coming home, Nathan. What a great email. There you go. incredible, isn't it? Have you seen that amazing footage of um, Kasper Schmeichel and Tom Ince playing footballers, like toddlers, in in the hallway of Old Trafford? Oh, no. It's so great. They're just having a little kick around like two mates. I think you can hear Alex Ferguson in the background, but Casper's a little a goal. Are they good? Uh, I mean, they're too young to know, <laughs> but Casper is sort of playing in goal in this, in the, like you would in the hallway of your home with your mate. It's, it's absolutely adorable. Do, do you know what's mad about that clip? Is it's in that really famous bit of Old Trafford, like because it's not quite a tunnel, is it? It's like the angle of the, the corner of the stand, and it's like yeah. you, you know, there's like dressing rooms either side. And there's a big red kind of iron gate behind it. So why are there fucking kids in the tunnel on match day? Well, I'm guessing it must be hours beforehand, or maybe after the match. Yeah. Amazing. But isn't it weird that Casper's in goal there? Like, even at that age. I mean, he's literally bred to be a goalkeeper, isn't he? And yeah. there can't have been anyone with a better, better placed. He's got the right gene pool, exactly the right kind of place in the world to become a, a top-class goalkeeper. Is Casper our only option for our uh, son's team in goal? Like, it doesn't seem like it happens very often. Where does Angus uh, Angus Gunn? Yeah, does Angus Gunn does play, play goal? Yeah. He's he's floated Angus around Gunn. Southampton. I think he might have been at City for a little bit. Yeah, he was at City. Yeah, but he's back at Norwich. I mean, that's mad. He plays for Norwich. Not only is he playing the same position as his dad, he's playing for the same club. And is he in the first team? He's played Once 17 again. games this season, so... There you go. Uh, Once again, our lack of information is absolutely <laughs> unrivaled. <laughs> well, there we go. If you want to get in touch uh, about any of these topics, this is how. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Now... What we haven't talked about in this World Cup, really, is memorabilia. You're a memorabilia fan, aren't you, Michael? Uh, yeah, fan is, is a nice way of putting it. I'd say probably a problematic obsessive is, is more yes. re- realistic. Have you bought any Qatar World Cup 
memorabilia. No, I have. I haven't bought a single item. I haven't even collected for free a single piece of paraphernalia from this World Cup. You haven't brought uh, bought anything with Laib's Lieb. I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, likeness on the uh, mascot, who I actually nope. think isn't the one of the worst things about the World Cup. But we'll come to that. Obviously, it's been a great year for memorabilia. It's been a superb year for memorabilia uh, because Steve Hodge has set up his family by selling the Diego Maradona <laughs> shirt for £6 million, I think it was. And uh, this made us think, what would be your favourite piece of memorabilia of a World Cup previously that you could bought? A one-off piece of memorabilia. So we put this to some Quickly Kevin regulars and these are the things they chose. The England, it'd have to be Italian 90, of course, but it would be an England shell suit, an authentic. The England shell suit is one of the most beautiful pieces of football attire ever created. So to have an authentic squad shell suit, obviously for me, it'd have to be Steve Ball, his authentic England shell suit from Italian 90. Mm, yes, please. For niche memorabilia, what about the yellow cards that Graham Pohl used to book the same Croatian player three times in the 2006 World Cup? That'd be a really lovely thing to have hanging up somewhere, framed in your house. A uh, really good topic of conversation. Uh, admittedly, quite boring conversation about an administrative error. Now, the, the niche bit of World Cup memorabilia that I would go for, which I'm aware no one else would have any interest in, which makes me think I probably could actually buy them for like 200 quid if I sent out a few emails, would be... Um, uh, Remember that Mexican player, Blanco? He used to do this trick um, in France 98 where he'd put the ball between his feet and hop between defenders. And I was obsessed with it at school and I'd just do that over and over and over in the playground, try and fail. Uh, I would want Blanco's boots. That's what I want. It's not much to ask for and I think it's perfectly achievable. I would like to own the PK Mexico 86 full mascot outfit to wear to uh, local spin classes. Uh, the Italian 90 Fiat Panda that was on eBay a few years ago for a few grand, about three and a half grand. My dad sold them. I've talked I've talked about this on your podcast before. My dad sold them. And I think it was one of the ones my dad sold. I wish I'd bought that. I learned to drive in a Fiat Panda. I love Fiat Pandas and Italian 90 Fiat Panda, even more with football wheels. Unbelievable. In terms of memorabilia, if I could have anything, I would love to have the original initial drawings, uh, the sketches uh, of Chow, the mascot for Italian 90, because I don't know why, but I absolutely love that mascot. It, it, to me, it just sums up football. Uh, failing that, um, obviously, uh, you know, a, a Wales shirt from the 58 World Cup, um, or just probably a limitless supply of those Coca-Cola cup balls, um, World Cup balls from Italian 90, because uh, this were great to play with in the living room. There you go. You've got to be happy with some of them, Michael. Yeah, loved it. Particular shout out to Charlie Baker for uh, Italian 90 Chow Fiat Panda, a man after my own heart. Would you drive one of them in your day? I mean, I know you can't drive. If Were you to be able to drive? Would, would you drive one in your day-to-day -day life? No, I think that would be a bit embarrassing. I was thinking about this. A friend of ours is getting uh, married soon, and I had to dig out a tie for my suit. And I, mm. I found amongst it, I've got an Italian 90 uh, tie. Oh it's gosh. got, like, tiny little chows stitched onto it. Yeah. And I thought, can I wear this? Should I wear this? 
or is and it the like a, yes the, well the answer is obviously yes but like would you wear it regularly like a kind of yeah. novelty piano tie or do you become just a bit of a joke figure yeah like, like, oh, my personality is my tie or my wacky haircut yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think that car would be a bit like that i'd probably only take it out three or four times a year as a little bit yeah. of fun but i wouldn't want people yeah. to think oh here comes michael in his wacky car <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if anyone's got one going do email in and uh, we'll try and uh, we would buy one we would definitely buy it 100% i'll buy it yeah in a heartbeat yeah I, I would, i'm telling you now i'll overpay for it okay that's good there's your offer there is your offer and if any audience is going to have one i suppose it's ours or an italian one i suppose would be if there's an Italian 90s football podcast, if you listen to that as well, do see if they'll put the shout out for it. So, uh, England versus France on Saturday. Well, well, well. Well, uh, uh, look, the first thing you need to be doing is asking what my opinion is, because so far I've been right about almost everything about this World Cup. I oh, refer yeah, specifically to the fact, uh, last podcast, I said there's going to be a shock here. Spain, Morocco, that, can't, that side of the draw, it's yeah. not going to go how people think. I'm afraid that's all you get of this episode. To get the full episode, head over to the Quickly Kevin fan club. It's anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. There's over 5,000 minutes of extra Quickly Kevin content to be had, including an exclusive episode this month with Big Sam Allardyce. To join the Quickly Kevin fan club, head over to anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. Go, let's! Hit legs! Hit legs over the top!